This week, Eric and I head off on the inaugural Walk Your Way to Better cruise. And we're hearing from so many people who are gearing up for holiday travel, vacation travel. Got us thinking, how do you maintain your walking practice while you're traveling? That's what we're digging into today. So wherever you are, if you are at home base or you are out adventuring in the world, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Dude, I need a vacation. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know why? Why? Because we're going on one. When? Uh, We actually leave tomorrow. Where are we going? Uh, We're going to Miami, Key West, Bahamas. And you know what? We're going on a boat. We're going on a cruise? We're going on a cruise. Is this the inaugural Walk Your Way to Better cruise? Yes, it is. Wow. Is it going to be warm and beautiful? Uh, It's supposed to. Fingers crossed. Am I going to be surrounded by interesting, fun, positive, awesome humans? Yes, and me. (laughs) Oh, no. You're awesome. Thank you. You know I think you're awesome. I know you do. Simon, I think you're awesome. You just are awesome. Well, thank you. And I think it. Okay. So... The question that seems to be coming up a lot recently, strangely, is around how you maintain your activity level on vacation, on a cruise or on other vacations. Yeah, I guess with so many people traveling for the holidays, we have Thanksgiving coming up, we have Christmas, um, which is which is the busiest day, uh, travel day of the year? I think Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, I think the day, right? Either the day, the Wednesday before, the Sunday after. Yeah. So we're all going to be on the move. We're going to be vacationing. We're going to be visiting Uncle Bert and Aunt Matilda. So Matilda's an awesome name. Matilda? Yeah. I hope Matilda's one of those names that comes back in fashion. I had considered naming Maddie Matilda. We could have named her Matilda because she still could have been a Maddie. Right. It it would have been M-A-T-T-I-E. So it would have been been interesting. A lot of people think she's a Madison because that was the hot name when she was born. Yeah, but she's a Madeline. She could have been a Matilda. She could have been a Matilda. And then she'd be waltzing. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to sing it. (laughs) Didn't even ask. So... I read an article in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was in the journal, a couple of weeks ago that got actually a lot of attention, which was about this study or anecdotal, but I think it was a study, anecdotal, I don't know. But people who go particularly to Europe and they come back and they think, I spent a week eating my way through all of Italy or France or wherever. And all I feel like all I did was eat delicious food and I came home and I got on the scale and didn't gain an ounce. In fact, like I lost a pound or two. How is that possible? Yeah, I was thinking pasta and croissants and schnitzel. Oh, my. Exactly. <laughs> and then we had that same experience when when Aaron, one of our team members, came back from a week-long family vacation to Germany. And she said the same thing, like they ate their way from one end of the country to the other, because that's part of what vacation is, right? Indulge a little bit, experience the culture and the food and all the things. 
So how is it? How is it? How is it that that happens to so many people? Uh, you read the article. <laughs> I know, but I feel like I was doing so much talking. You have any speculation? I would guess it's got something to do with walking. It has something to do with walking. Oh, my God. What a lucky guess. <laughs> it's not just the walking, though. There's also some conversation around the idea that the quality of food is better. So people are just eating a bit healthier, even though they're indulging, because the food tends to be fresher and uh, that seems to have an impact. But it's also the walking. It's always the walking. It's always the walking. So what, what did the article say? The article said it's the quality of the food and it's all the walking. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Boil it down. I have another, another theory about myself, though. Okay. I'm a snacker. Did have you, you noticed? Yes. I, we eat. I'm not, I'm not even just going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about we. We eat all day long. If like more than three hours have gone by without food, you're wandering into my office going, got a bar? <laughs> Yep. So snacking and Europe, I guess, do you not snack in Europe because they sit down for meals? It's not even, yes, exactly. It's not even just Europe, though. I find when I'm on vacation, I snack less because it's not like I keep snacks in my hotel room. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I do. Now that I'm just thinking about our recent trip to uh, New Orleans and yeah, we had a ton of snacks in our hotel room. (laughs) But we didn't spend that much time in our hotel room. Right. So you don't have the easy access. Even when you're out and about, it's like I'll, if I'm at my desk and getting a little midday munchies, I'll run out and grab a banana or grab a protein bar or something. But sort of when you're traveling, you don't really think like, hey, I'm just going to pop into this 7-Eleven and grab a protein bar. Doesn't sort of seem appropriate, or just doesn't enter my consciousness. You're just in a different uh, frame of mind and different routines. You're out of your routine. That's what it is. And I think many of us eat and snack just mindlessly and as part of habit and routine. So when you break that routine, I think it upends those habits a little bit in both a positive and a negative way. So positive in maybe your uh, automatic eating is limited, but negative sometimes in that it is harder to stick with your walking practice. Exactly. So what are some ways that you can be sure you maintain your walking practice while you're traveling? Yeah, I, th- I think the first is to decide before you go, I'm going to maintain my walking practice while I'm traveling. So that could be either booking a hotel near a fabulous park with a two and a half mile walking path. That would be one thing. Or booking a hotel in an area that is safe and appropriate for walking around and sightseeing. And then saying, all right, on this day at this time, particularly if it's uh, a vacation where, where you have some flexibility to plan things, I'm going to take a walk and you can even map it out in advance. You could, if you are in some place like 
Paris, you could say, and I don't know if this is possible, but you could say, I am going to go to the Louvre and then walk to Notre Dame and see those things. Okay, so let me slow you down, because now you're just... Slow my roll? Slow your roll, because now you're just um, vomiting various ideas, which is all (laughs) great. But I want to go back to the first one, which is choosing your hotel wisely, which in retrospect, it turns out we did not do that when we went for our anniversary trip to Barbados last year. And we stayed at this small and family-owned and operated hotel, so not a big chain, and really everything about it I loved, except there was no walking. You really couldn't, there was a coffee shop you could walk to, but it wasn't a great walk. And then even the beach, which was beautiful, didn't really connect to other beaches. So to your point, I, I'm i not sure I would go back there even though I really liked it. And in the future, being a little bit more thoughtful when we select a hotel because walking is the best way to experience a different city and a culture. So I just wanted, I wanted to put a little point on that. It's not something that we have historically researched or made decisions around, but after our experience last year, I think it's a more of a priority for me. Yeah, it's funny, and thinking back, this isn't exactly walking, but back in the day when I was traveling for business going back 15 plus years ago, and CrossFit was nascent. There were not CrossFit gyms all over the world. I would sometimes try to book a hotel that was a reasonable distance from a CrossFit gym because they were unique and novel. Uh, And now I think I would look to book hotels that are near, like I said, walking paths and and planning around that and being more mindful of it before booking. And same thing, if you're going to Bert and Matilda's for Thanksgiving, do a little homework in advance. Where where do they live? Where's the nearest park? What's it like walking around their neighborhood? You know, picture picture a, a lap. Look look at them on Google Earth and, and see where their house is. So choosing if you're traveling and can choose your hotel, choosing it a little thoughtfully. And then the next thing you said is around planning your walks. So I I think, and I, I've said this before, I just said it, I think. 30 seconds ago that walking is one of the best ways to experience a place. So if you're going to Paris, figure out some of the things you want to see and plan them. And you can plan them yourself or walking tours. Do you remember the walking tour we did of Manhattan for Maddie's 16th birthday with her friends? Through? Food, uh, it was through um, Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah. The food tour. Food tour. Yeah. Is that what I said? Yes. Yeah. It so was like a walking food tour. There, there, in case anybody is not aware of this, there are walking food tours all over the place. I did an insane walking food tour in Israel five years ago. Ah, the food, the fun, and you're walking. Yeah, and we did a walking tour of Central Park with the, that little show that they put on as we walked through Central Park and they had different actors in different locations and it told a story. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was just a little perplexed because I my mind was so around food tours. Yeah, there was but, no uh, food on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did uh, years ago, I did a walking tour of the Garden District in New Orleans. 
Mason and I did a ghost oh, tour yes. of um, I'm you were in Newport, Newport, Rhode Island. And they nighttime ghost walking tour. Yeah, we walked around and they pointed out all the different haunted buildings and the denizens that lurked in the night. How was that for uh, <laughs> words? Just, Big how, words. How was that for words <laughs> that conveyed a message? How was that for wording? <laughs> Unlike me, Wordle, which is me, something else. Me talked pretty. <laughs> No. Okay. Um, uh, what other walking tours have we done? I'm thinking. I mean, that that's definitely sort of top. Well, this was, I don't know that this was necessarily a guided walking tour, but we walked our way through old San Juan when we were on a cruise when Mason was just a baby. He was 10 months old, give or take, and he was in the baby backpack and I schlepped him around old San Juan. We went to the fort and I, you know, he was just riding around in the backpack, but I remember that walking tour just tuckered him out. <laughs> so wherever you go, wherever you're exploring, chances are pretty good that there's going to be a really interesting walking tour. Like look at what we just did food tours everywhere. Cause those are awesome. Ghost tours, tours of the Garden District, tours of Old San Juan, and I thought there was one other sort of category of walking tours. They're everywhere. Uh, that storytelling one that we did That's in Central one. Park. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, if you're going to a significant metropolitan area and you type walking tours of such and such you're going to probably get a bunch of hits that you can explore and uh, experience. Indeed. So what else can you do to prepare well for a tour? Or for, for a, a tour trip? or a trip? Yeah, well, we did something, I would say, I don't know what percent, 95% of the time when we travel, we rent a car. Usually there's... a, a couple of us so it's more efficient than taking like a shuttle or whatever and we just like the the freedom of having a car but when we went to new orleans a few weeks ago we did not rent a car so that meant we had one of two options pretty much walking or ubering no we didn't we had a third option because we were in new orleans oh the streetcar which requires walking because you got to get to the streetcar stop <laughs> and you can often stand on the streetcar. Actually, the, the, our hotel was literally right across the street from the streetcar stop. So we didn't have to walk terribly far. But uh, yeah, that was the third option. But even so, we still did a, a lot of walking because some of the places or a lot of the places we went were a few blocks or several blocks away from the streetcar. And then there were certain places that we went that just, it didn't make sense to take the streetcar. So we actually walked quite a bit. And the thing about not having a car, when, especially when you're on vacation or when you're traveling, is you make sort of a different decision. So if something is maybe three quarters of a mile away or a mile away, which is really, you often think like, oh, we'll just drive. 
But if it's choice of walking a mile or calling an Uber, I find that sometimes we make different choices. And it's really interesting because at the end of the day, we will sometimes take Moose for a late afternoon or an evening walk right down the street out front of our house to the end and back, which is exactly a mile. And we do it without even thinking about it. Right. I mean, that's not yeah. like we don't do that with any kind of, oh, it's a mile. But when you're like traveling and the restaurant is a mile away, I'm like, oh, no, that's too far to walk. It's too far to walk. <laughs> now, part of that, for me at least, has a lot to do with footwear. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I own anything other but sneakers and I have a pair of boots. Which so. you can walk in. I could walk in those, yeah. And you? You you have girly shoes. I have girly shoes. You know, I just finished packing for the cruise. Um, and it's funny because I'm in the WhatsApp group with uh, all of the people who are traveling, all the 99 Walks Pack members who are traveling on this adventure this week. And the conversation has already come up on packing shoes. Shoes are a thing. Do I need shoes that are not? Sneakers? Probably. What are you going to wear for fancy Scarlet Night? Sneakers. <laughs> it's good to be a guy. Yeah, I think so. Or I may have to go shoe shopping. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I was uh, kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so footwear is really important. And I have always, throughout my whole life, actually sought shoes that look cool and I can still walk in. Mm. Yes, uh, yes, you have. It is not. It is not easy, and believe me, I have failed. And the high-heeled platform shoes that I've packed for the cruise are what my mother used to call. I remember she had this beautiful when I was a kid. My mother had this beautiful pair of black strappy high-heeled shoes. They were beautiful. You know what she called them? Torture devices. Sitting shoes. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, they were sitting shoes. She could sit and cross her legs daintily and wear these beautiful shoes, but she could pretty much just get from like car to table. Oh, very funny. Well, the other thing is when we were down there and we didn't have the car, we were walking a lot of places with our daughter. And at one point she was like looking at her Apple watch. She was like, oh my God, look at all the steps I have. It's like 20,000 steps, some crazy number because we've been walking her all over the city. Yep. So just sort of accepting when you're traveling or adventuring or exploring that walking the mile to the restaurant might be doable. Yeah. And that goes to what you were saying about shoes and that is, you know, pack your, your walking gear, whether that's your hip pack, not fanny pack, hip pack. Because fanny packs are touristy and not cool. And hip packs, which are pretty much exactly the same thing, are cool. Yeah. Uh, so you got your hip pack, your shoes, maybe even your walking sandals. Maybe even your jetty poles. Or your jetty pack. That would be something. If you if you could pack light and then bring your jetty pack, that would be that would be cool. Yeah, if you really wanna get the work in and transform 
literally any kind of vacation into something that has a fair bit of movement. Yeah, what I'm thinking of actually is bringing my jetty pack, but I have an extra plate in it. So I'm thinking of taking out the extra plate and just going with the, the starter plate so I have it. And it'll give me some extra oomph on some walks, but I'm not going to carry the whole thing and be over my bag weight limit. Yes, that bag weight limit. The airlines have really made all of this very difficult. Yes, they have. Do you remember when flying was fun? Yeah, frankly, it was before 2001, you know, 80s, 90s. It wasn't, it wasn't that much fun. It was just less stressful and... Uh, just, it was more chill. Used to be fun. I used to fly on, what was that crazy airline from New York to LA when I was commuting back when I was a lawyer? Virgin Air, that one? No, be no, they're out now. It was, uh, they made fresh baked cookies on every flight. They served you champagne and it was really bougie <laughs> and lovely. Don't don't remember that one. Mm. I remember I remember People Express, and I used to fly that from college home for like thirty nine dollars back in the day. I used to fly De um, Delta. I don't remember the Delta shuttle from DC to New York, which was also like thirty nine dollars. And the thing about the the shuttle, I'm sure I remember this correctly. You didn't make a reservation. It was like you treated it like getting on a bus. Yep. You just showed up. Yep. They didn't know who was coming. They didn't care. Pay your $39. Yep. That was that was awesome. And even not that long ago, I'm thinking the shuttle, it wasn't quite the shuttle. You had to have a reservation. But you flew in and out of LaGuardia from this like separate terminal, the old Marine Air Terminal, yep. where you could park your car and walk, I'm not kidding, 75 feet to the terminal there was like a guy for TSA and you'd like be like, hey, Charlie. And he'd be like, hey, Eric. And sit in this lounge and get on your flight. Usually I, I was going to Chicago a lot. So Chicago, but I think they had Boston and D.C. out of there. And that was so chill. So, yeah, I remember that. But we digress. <laughs> like we digress. We, like we are wont to do. So, but bring your walking stuff, walking clothes. I would say particularly where we're going, and if you're going someplace warm, bring a good hat to keep you cool and out of the sun, right? What else, what else can we bring to? I am all about the lightweight uh, sunblock clothing now. I guess uh, the hat for sure, but I have found some long sleeve, light, comfortable, fantastic uh, article, articles of clothing that help block the sun. So yeah, Coolabar is one company. We've got some of their stuff. Your sister Susie bought you a really nice yep. piece. That's, I love it that's so nice. much. Uh, anybody who's traveling with me will see it this week. Uh, and I have a last, well, actually, before I go to my last thought around this, another thing. Another way to look at it is when you are traveling, take those opportunities, find those moments. I have this memory, and I don't know if you remember this. Oh, and I actually know what trip it was. It was our 10th anniversary trip, and we went to Cancun. And there was, the hotel was, I don't know, maybe it was eight stories. 
and we used to do some laps up and down the stairs. We were crazy. We didn't do a ton, <laughs> but it was like, okay, let's just get a little bit more movement in our day. Let's just do just a like going back and forth to the room. We'd take the stairs. Yeah. Uh, and then we do a little bit of extra because, yeah, we are a little crazy that way. Uh, but bef that was sort of the last thoughts on my kind of tips and tricks and ideas and some of the walks that we've done that we've loved. Uh, but I have sort of a final thought. Are we ready for sort of a final thought? Okay, I might have a final thought too, but let's hear yours. It's vacation, y'all. <laughs> it's vacation. So what does that mean? It means if you don't feel like walking, don't walk. It means if you need a break from your routine, and that's almost where our conversation started, is how valuable vacations can be to upend your routines in a good way. Don't put pressure on yourself. If you are somebody who loves the feeling of moving, then be sure you keep doing it. And if you can keep doing it, keep doing it. But if that change in your routine disrupts your walking practice, that's okay. And do not tell yourself that you missed four days, so you may as well give up when you get home. <laughs> or somehow you've, this is the expression that I hate so much, you ready? Mm -hmm. Blown it. <laughs> what kind of stupid expression is that? Y'all, if, if your walking practice falls apart while you're on vacation, so be it. Give yourself some space. That was my final thought. Yours? Yeah, my final thought is... It's going to be the opposite. Don't it, give up! It, it, it is sort of the opposite, which is use these opportunities or find these opportunities to walk for the mental clarity, like just to keep perspective or when... Uncle Bert and Aunt Matilda start talking politics and it's diametrically opposed to yours. That's a great time to go for a walk. And you even have the excuse like, you know, I'm walking five days a week. This is something I'm doing for me. By Bert and Matilda, I'm going for a walk. Or if, you know, family does stress you out, because sometimes it stresses me out. And I think pretty much everybody get some degree of stress around their family is using that to sort of calm yourself, center yourself, and actually make your vacation, your visit, and all of that, that much better of an experience. But that being said, I also do agree with what you said. If, if you don't get a chance to walk, oh, who cares? Pick it up when you get back. All right. Wish us luck on the inaugural Walk Your Way to Better Cruise. Enjoy your holiday travel. Make some plans for maybe some 2024 travel and adventures and vacations because the other lesson that I've learned over and over again, you don't plan it, you don't go. I used to think that when I went out into nature and left my phone and earbuds behind and walked in silence, letting my mind go wherever it wanted, that I was doing a walking meditation. And then I met Yael Shai. And she taught me that there's so much more to a walking meditation. It was so incredible and insightful and expanded my world in such a way that I went to Yael and I said, will you work with us to create a program? 30 days, 30 walks, 
that could help introduce other people to the power of a walking meditation. Can we dismantle the idea that in order to meditate, you have to sit in a dimly lit room on a cushion? Can we create a meditation program for people who love to move? And so we did meet the Joyful Wanderer 30-day walking meditation app, which is available in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store right now.